The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept, because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him, because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, today is a, is a rainy day, right? It's not raining too badly out there, right? Thankfully. Um, but are you worried that uh, it's the start of the flood? Are you worried that it'll never stop raining again? I, I, I'm guessing not. I'm, I'm guessing most people are like, oh, it's raining. Oh, tomorrow it'll be nice, right? Uh, most of us have that understanding, right? Last night when the sun went down, did you start freaking out? Did you start saying, well, what, what about if it never comes back? What about if, if the sun just stays down and, and just you know, it just, I, I don't know, it's, maybe it's not going to come back, right? No, we didn't quite freak out about that. Or, or what about in the winter, did you uh, despair that it might never be summer again? <laughs> yes, maybe some of you did, right? Some of you said, will it ever be nice again? Uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps not. Um, or perhaps, but, but of course then reason kicked in and said, well, yeah, it might be winter, but it's going to be summer again. And even though that it might be too long and I want summer to be sooner, it, it is coming, right? And how do we have these understandings and how do we overcome these different despairs? Well, we, we overcome them by experience. And we overcome them in hope to a certain degree. Because even though that we know that the sun will come up the next day, even though that we know that, the, that summer will come again after a long winter, even though that we know, we don't really know, right? I, kinda, I understand the science behind the earth revolving around the sun and the earth spinning, but I don't really understand it, right? I don't understand how gravity works, how the seasons work, about how the different direction of the, the light and everything else. I really don't understand it, even though that I experience it and in, in, in a very basic way understand it. So I kind of have a certain amount of hope just because that's what's happened in the past, right? I don't worry about the sun coming up the next day because 
it's always happened that way, right? Unless you're living in Alaska or something, and then you have a couple days, you know, where the sun doesn't go down or doesn't come up, right? My experience has always been that when the sun goes down, the sun comes back up the next day. My experience has been every single winter that when it is winter, the summer comes again at some point, right? Now, this is something that happens in our experience in that that those small experiences are something that we need to kind of meditate on and think about in the way that we approach our life in the world the world similarly like a day or like our life that experiences you know the sun coming up and the sun going back down the world as a whole has experienced a lot of crises, right? Uh, the world has experienced many uh, wars, plagues, right? Ice ages where it didn't get summer again, right? Uh, disasters, natural disasters, hurricanes, earthquakes, right? Entire species being wiped out, entire populations being wiped out. And yet, the next day came and the world continued, right? Not to say that those things don't matter, right? There's still bad things, there's still crises, but that the world continues on and that we know that even though that bad things happen, good things happen as well. Now the church itself and our Judeo-Christian life looking at Scripture, at the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament, also sees this happen. Where there are many very dark parts of our history where we look at you know the Israelites being enslaved right Joseph how does that happen well Joseph gets sold into slavery right then becomes the head of the Egyptian uh, you know second in command basically of all of Egypt then all of his brothers are saved from a famine because of that evil that he was sold into slavery and then they're made slaves by being part of Egypt and then God takes them forth right and then they go to Israel and then they take over Israel, but then bad things happen and they become oppressed and they get exiled and then they come back and then they get oppressed and exiled and, and then Jesus comes, right? And Jesus is, everything's great. And then he goes through his cross and, cross and he dies, right? Talk about the darkest day, but then the resurrection happens. Then the church is flourishing, right? And then a persecution happens. And then the church flourishes. And we see this kind of ebb and flow. And we see that the church continues on, that God continues to work. And I'd like to point out one specific thing from our readings today. The first reading, it gives us a story of Philip. Now, Philip is one of the, the first deacons that we hear about that are ordained deacons. Um, and we hear that uh, right after they're ordained deacons, Stephen, one of the first deacons, is martyred. He's stoned to death. He's the first martyr of the church. And because of that, the persecution begins, is that the church, in that persecution, in that dark moment, when actually they're not able to celebrate and proclaim the gospel like they used to, in that moment, the church scatters. And Philip, being one of those, scatters to the Samaritan region to avoid persecution, right? To, to kind of get away and, and save his life, rightfully so. Um, 
But it's in Samaria that he doesn't just say, well, there's a persecution happened, everything is terrible, I guess we can't do it like normal, and I'm just done, right? He still has hope because he knows that Jesus conquered death. He still has hope because he looks back at all the ways that God has worked within the Judeo-Christian history, and he says, wow, God will continue to work. And so he proclaims the gospel, the good news. He proclaims the reason for his hope, as St. Peter talks about in the second reading. And what happens? The Samaritans come to faith. They want to be baptized. This part of the church that wouldn't have been evangelized without persecution is evangelized because of the persecution, right? The light shines in the darkness, right? Opportunities are born in the midst of crisis. And that the church continues, that God works continues, even when it isn't in the normal way that we know, right? Now, that's a beautiful example of the way in which God continues to work in the midst of crisis, right? We also see the church uh, surviving uh, much worse than this. We can say, well, this is the end of the church, right? We look at many ways, but yet the church has experienced persecution in the past, right? Not being able to celebrate public masses, having to celebrate house masses, not being able to celebrate where there aren't any priests at all, right? In France, after the French Revolution, priests and religious were killed in large numbers and people had never, you know, some people grew up without a church for many years, but yet, you know, re-evangelization kind of in the midst of that. The church has also experienced plagues before. In Europe, during the Black Plague years, uh, a third of the population was killed. Can you imagine that? A third of the population, some estimates say. But yet, life continued. The church continued. There was still hope and faith there still was continued to be uh, continued to be love and charity, right? God continued to work in the midst of that, and we can look at today one of the other, you know, uh, or uh, one other example of kind of the church experiencing dark times is is different heresies, right? Different heresies coming out, and even different times where popes are almost, uh, you know, commit heresy or or popes are persecuted and exiled because of it or killed or or the Avian papacy where the papacy leaves Rome and where there's three popes at once right and we kind of say well ha the church has got to end at that point no the church continues the church continues because we have an advocate because we have a god who continues to work even in the midst of crisis right Today, the church is experiencing not only the crisis of coronavirus, where we kind of say, well, how is the church going to continue, right? We're not celebrating Mass like normal. Well, yeah, we're not celebrating Mass like normal. The people aren't able to receive the sacraments like normal, but yet God continues to work. And so we trust that. The church is also experiencing, I think, an even greater difficulty than the coronavirus, which is a disbelief of a whole generation, right? We look at Europe, which used to be Christian Europe, is now secular Europe, right? The churches are empty. They become museums, nice things to look at. And so we kind of say, well, how is the church going to continue, right? It's just going to fade into obscurity. I guess God is dead, right? But that's just when we have a very narrow look at one thing. If we look at the whole church, we also see uh, Africa and Asia, which are growing in leaps and bounds. Africa is exploding with new converts. 
In a beautiful experience, uh, there was a few Africans who came over from Africa to study in uh, St. Paul with me. And one of the guys was, uh, grew up not knowing anything about Christ. He grew up sacrificing to the ancestors. Um, and when he was very young, he started sneaking away to church, right? And the churches were exploding. The churches are exploding. And he ended up hearing about Jesus. And he said, I want to do that. And he converted, but he couldn't tell his, his mother. His father passed away when he was young. Uh, he couldn't tell his mother because his mother didn't want him to. Right? He experienced persecution, but yet he still came to the faith and ended up becoming a, a priest. And he's an awesome priest. You know, we sometimes just look at narrow views and we see the darkness, but we don't always see the ways in which God continues to work. Within Africa and Asia, there's an amazing amount of growth in the church. And so the church will continue. It will not look the same. It will not look Eurocentric like the past. It might not even look, uh, you know, America might fade into obscurity. But yet the church will continue. Why? Because God is the one working. Right? We have hope not just in our narrow view of this day, this week, this year, or even this lifetime. We have the view and our hope because it's, it's rooted in a historical God who has worked, continues to work, and we trust and have faith and hope that he continues to work today. And so in our personal life, when we also experience the darkness of our, of our personal life, whether it's death, disappointment, depression, anger, sin, do not let it overcome you. For where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Where there is difficulty, God wants to bring comfort. Right? And so, in our personal life, also look at it with a, not a narrow view of just this time. Right? That open our view in hope and in faith that God continues to work in the world, certainly in the church, and certainly in our life. Let us always be ready to, to, to lead with gratitude, recognizing, uh, weighing the darkness that is certainly out there with the light that pierces through the darkness and will never be overcome by the darkness. Let our gratitude overcome that darkness. We know that God uh, will take care of it, right? We know that the sun might go down tonight, but it will come up tomorrow. We know that there will be difficulty today and perhaps tomorrow and perhaps for a long time. But we know that, the sun, that God and the Son will come back. It might not be completely normal the way that we experienced in the past, but it will come back. And so let's always give a reason for our hope, for our faith in Jesus, for our love of Jesus, and for us continuing to follow his commandments, continuing to hope in him, because it's not just, I always, I always hate this, you know, people are just, you know, sometimes consider Christianity, you know, just a, a, a pipe dream, right? You just, oh, you just have hope because you can't deal with reality. No, I can deal with reality. Uh, reality is reality, right? Christianity isn't about ignoring reality, but it's seeing reality as it truly is, which is so much more. 
And so let us truly live in that reality of that gratitude and what God truly does in our life. And always be ready to give a witness and a reason for our hope and joy and love that we have that is rooted not in just our personal experiences, but rooted in God and history and reality.